0: Let's say this with some enthusiasm, some excitement about what 2019 is about to do for us. Please stand. I'm new to this. (laughs) On the cusp of a new year, give us time for grieving, for laughing, for loving. On the dawn of a new day, Meet us in our hopes and our dreams. Robe us in your love.
1: The words are in your bulletin.
2: glory now it is time for the message of all ages so if you are young or young at heart feel free to join me on this nifty blanket I found in the back I think this is the right one but it'll do eh? hi welcome come on up I'm doing a spectacular job of spreading this out so if you could help that'd be great thank you Oh, see, it's much better with community. Hi, welcome. Come on up. So I'm Natalie. I um, am the digital minister here in residence at Middle Collegiate Church, so you don't usually see me. I'm usually behind a screen typing lots of things. But today, come on up. Today I am here to talk to you about the text that Derek is going to preach on in a little bit. And in this text, um, Paul is talking about um, things that we can get rid of and things that we can put on. And it got me thinking about the things that are in my closet and in my drawers. Um, And like what's my favorite and what's not really my favorite. Like I have this sweater that's kind of itchy, it's not really my favorite. I wear it still because it keeps me warm, but at the end of the day I'm like, oh. For Christmas, I got these pajamas. They are quickly becoming my favorite. Hi, come on up. So I'm going to give you a couple seconds to think for a minute, well, for three seconds actually, about your favorite things to wear. Your favorite things to wear. You ready? I'm going to count to three. And when I finish counting to three, you can raise your hand, and then I'll call on people to tell us what your favorite thing to wear is, okay? Ready? One two, three. Oh, already? ready, yes. What's your favorite thing to wear? I should probably get a microphone for you to speak in, huh? Okay, what's your favorite thing to wear? Uh, my skirt. Mm-hmm. I like skirts too. Anybody else favorite thing to wear? Nobody else likes wearing clothes? Yeah. Understood. Anybody out there, do you guys have favorite things to wear? You can shout them out. Fleece bathrobe. Ooh, a fleece bathrobe. That wins every day.
3: Cashmere
2: sweater. I heard a cashmere sweater and then I heard lots of things happening that caused giggling, and I don't know what it was. But I bet it was amazing. Um, so, in this, it's really awesome that we get to kind of like choose what we get to wear, right? Well, Most of the time, or maybe someone is helping you choose. But in this passage, Paul is talking about being in community and how communities choose um, what they can wear. And except for he's not really talking about clothing. When he says, let's get rid of some things, he's talking about getting rid of things like anger and dishonesty and greed. Can you think of any other things we might wanna get rid of? Let's leave these things in 2018. What else should we get rid of? Yes, ma'am. Sadness. Say it again for me. Sadness. Sadness, yes. That's a good one. Anything else we should get rid of? Stress. Stress,
3: mm-hmm. That's the same as mad.
2: Impatience, mm-hmm. We can get rid of bad words. <laughs> you giggled. <laughs> Point taken. Anything else we should get rid of? Anger. Anger. Mm-hmm. Shame. Judgment. Shame. Shame. That's a good one. So if we're getting rid of these things, we're going to choose to clothe ourselves in what? Kindness? Yes. Patience? You have one?
3: No.
2: Well, wait. You have one? Equality. Mm. What else should we clothe ourselves in? Peace. Peace. Love. Love. Listen, above all, that's what Paul said above all, clothe yourself in love. Yes, ma'am? Joy. Joy, yes. Anything else? Righteousness. I missed that one, I couldn't hear it. Oh, pride? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Prayer. Prayer, So these are the things that we're choosing to clothe ourselves in going into 2019. And as I was saying, Paul, above all, said love. Um, And you know here at Middle Collegiate Church, we believe in love, period. Because love transforms so that peace can rule the heart. And for that, we're grateful, we're thankful. So let us thank God. Will you stand up and pray with me? Dear God, God. thank Thank you for our community that helps us choose what we should get rid of like anger and dishonesty and distrust. And thank you for a community that helps us know what to put on. Like love and patience and kindness. Amen. Amen. All right, let's see Ahamba our way back to our seats. Thank you. Happy Christmas tide. Happy New Year. Happy all the things. (laughs) Um, Yes, so we have exited the Advent season. We are now in Christmas tide in the church calendar. And um, as I said before, I'm Natalie. I am the digital minister. I'm filling in for Bertram, who's out of town. Um, So pretty much all the places where you see Bertram, just (laughs) scratch that out. Right, Natalie. so, I'm going to give you some announcements here. Um, number one, did anybody happen to catch on December 24th there was this church service? <laughs> Yay! It was
1: amazing.
2: Uh, I watched it from Indianapolis. I um, was doing a contract in Indianapolis, Indiana, and so I was home um, watching the contract or the concert and the service and the dancing and it was the most spectacular thing I think I've ever witnessed and I just felt really grateful to be part of this community. And I hope you all did too. Um, So, if you could do me a favor, in this little moment I'm going to take as the digital minister, if you could pull out your um, smart devices. Yeah, go on and do it. And make sure that you are already following Middle Church on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. I'm going to give you, literally, give you the time to do it right this second. Oh, so if you're on Facebook, that's a good point. Maybe some people don't know how. So if you go to Facebook, hit Middle Church or type in Middle Church, and then there's a like button. So hit that. Yeah? If you're on Instagram, it's um, middlechurch, one word, and it's all lowercase. And you can hit follow on Instagram. And then on Twitter, it's at middlechurch, which is also all one word. You know the at sign? Looks like an A with a little mostly circle around it. Hmm. Oh, and follow us on YouTube also because Harold works really hard on that YouTube page, and you know what? It's the bomb. So you should follow it. Thank you. Okay. Are there any visitors here today? Anybody who this is your first time at Middle? Hi. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Oh my goodness, we have so many visitors. Thank you so much for coming. If you could keep your hand up, there'll be an usher who will come around and give you a little connect card. It might have a lot of things I just said on it, but it will also have some new things on it. So make sure you have your hand up so they know who to bring it to. Yep, there's, some, there's a person here. There's a whole row of people right there. Where are you guys from? New York. Oh, well, welcome. Glad to have you. Where are you guys from? Iceland. Iceland? <laughs> okay. That's, you know, short little journey. <laughs> welcome. Um, All right, so we have um, tomorrow a jazzy New Year worship. Um, I'll be preaching that service. As I said, Bertram's out of town. And the music will be by Miss Dion over here. (laughs) Yes. And then also we have on Friday our annual spiritual retreat is leaving Friday at 6 p.m. Hashtag love transforms, 6 p.m. in the sanctuary. Um, That's where you should meet to catch the bus. I don't think it's too late to go if you haven't signed up. I would get on top of that though, like immediately. Um, I think those are all my announcements for today. So let's take a breath together, and we're going to have a moment of silence. And then for our prayer, uh, prayers for the people, if you'll notice in the middle uh, section of your bulletin where it says prayer corner. It says, please pray with us this week for peace, and after the moment of silence, let us read that prayer together. Holy God of miraculous life-making power, your words speak creation into existence. Your hovering spirit overcomes us and a new life emerges from our very being. Your vulnerability is like that of a newborn, enabling our own vulnerable selves to kneel down and pray. We pray for your government to be the ruler of our lives. We pray for safe city streets and country lanes so that our children and our elders can thrive in them. We pray for your light to chase away the gloom of poverty, hunger, and homelessness. We pray for your grace so that everyone has enough. We pray for your realm of peace in which enemies reconcile. We pray identity and territory and borders and religion cease to be reasons for hatred and war. We ask your breath to blow healing into sick bodies and sick souls. We pray that faith-filled people of all religions and caring people of no religion at all will join in a march of justice. Singing joyfully and triumphantly, peace has come love is here thanks be to the holy one that a child has been born a son has been given to all of us and his name is prince of peace amen now if you will stand as you're able and join hands as you're willing i know that it's that time of the year where things are going around and people have colds. so if you don't want to join hands just put your hands behind your back so the person behind you is not trying to figure out what's happening And we'll recite the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. It's also in your bulletin um, under the Lord's Prayer. And you can say it in whatever version you know or you can use the one that we have here. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts, Lord and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Little church. Please pass the peace to your neighbors. Okay.
3: we A child, a child, shivers in the cold Let us bring him silver and gold Let us bring him silver and gold Said the king to the people everywhere Listen to what I say What I, say. Listen to what I say, the child, the child sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light.
4: Goal number one, think about taking up the ukulele. <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful. A reading from Paul's letter to the Colossians, beginning at the third chapter, the twelfth verse. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. The Word of God for the people of God. God. Well, the gift of Christmas is unwrapped. I don't know about you, but as as Natalie just mentioned, I I thrilled in watching our Christmas Eve service and the the beauty of it and the joy of it and just the the magnitude of celebration. And it reminded me that in so many ways, this moment, or I should say this Christmastide season represents the celebration of the, the fullest measure of this gift made real in the world. Emmanuel, God with us. Wrapped in infant, vulnerable, frail flesh, but nevertheless God with us. Emmanuel, in all of its beauty and all of its magnitude and all of its glory, what a gift! But I suppose if I'm really honest with myself, as I stand in awe of this beautiful, amazing gift, I have to ask. Now what? What's next? Let me let you in on a little insight into post-Christmas uh, um, activity as, as, as we were gathered with family down in, in Maryland and Virginia over the, uh, the course of the holiday. On Christmas, uh, I should say the day after Christmas, I spent a significant amount of time with my absolutely adorable nine-year-old niece trying to put together an artist easel, which I am convinced did not come with all of the necessary instructions. (laughs) So much so that her 11-year-old brother, my nephew, who's a whiz in his own right, was online Googling, trying to find somewhere the hidden instructions. So I suppose it it personified, it exemplified in the fullest measure that even when we get amazing gifts that bring us joy, some assembly is required. So I think about this gift of love that we're talking about today, this gift that brings us such joy. And as we stand before it and we try to figure out how to truly take it all in, maybe what Paul is saying to us in this passage as he writes to the church at Colossae is that if you're going to be true and real about this love, if it's not just going to be a theory and some abstraction, some assembly is required. So so the question, the driving question for me in the the, the glow of this gift is how does the gift of God's presence, the gift of God's love, take hold in the world, take hold in our community, and take hold of me? It's easy to stay in the world of metaphor. It's easy to just kind of be abstract about this thing. You know, uh, when I um, served as a pastor in Washington and I would meet with uh, couples before um, they, they married, one of the things that I would do, one exercise I would have is I would ask them to describe how they loved one another without using the word love. And what it caused them to do, and hopefully what it caused maybe us to do in, the, in these few moments, is to search for those ways in which love becomes something far more than a wonderful, yes, abstraction, but a real and concrete reality. And again, that's what's being said here. You've got to make it real. Not exactly the, the song to use in the context of a Christmas tide sermon, but one of my favorite musicians, Les McCann, had a song that he said, you've got to make it real compared to what? And that's as far as I'll quote that for right now. <laughs> But the point is, is that we've got to make this real. So how does the gift of God's presence take hold in the world? How do we make sure that we're not just living in the world of metaphor? Love itself is neither a mere feeling or an abstraction. No, rather love is that power, that real, that tactile power of God that has the capacity to bind all godliness together in divine perfection. That's why Paul says, above all else, wrap it all up in love. This work that we're doing that sometimes tires us out, this work that that, that we're doing that sometimes frays our nerves, this work that we're doing that sometimes we don't see the end of it and we wonder how much longer we have to work, this work that we're doing, wrap it up in love. And then we're sustained and we're renewed and re-energized in those places where we need it most. So when, again, the, the, the concept of love is talked about here, Paul's quick to remind us that it looks like this, it looks like compassion kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. It's easy to be caught up, appropriately so, in the work of justice. It's easy to be immersed in the hard work of laying claim to what is right and liberating for ourselves and for others. But if we don't do it, with a dimension of love, we can spend ourselves more quickly than you could ever imagine. If we don't encourage one another in the work, it all just kind of becomes transactional. So the apostles right. wrap it up in love so that there's a dimension, there's an understanding that's far greater than just doing the work, but being part of what the work means. Anne Weems, poet, wrote this portion of a poem she wrote called Kneeling in Bethlehem. If the babe doesn't become the adult, there is no Bethlehem star. If there is no commitment in us, there are no wise men searching. If we offer no cup of cold water, there is no gold, no frankincense, no myrrh. If there is no praising God's name, there are no angels singing. If there is no spirit of hallelujah, there are no shepherds watching. If there is no standing up, speaking out, no risk, there is no Herod, no flight into Egypt. If there is no room in our inn, then Merry Christmas mocks the Christ child and the Holy Family is just a holiday card, and God will loathe our feast and festivals. If there is no forgiveness in us, there is no cause for celebration. If Christmas is not now, if Christ is not born into the everyday present, then what is all the noise about? If we don't make this real, if we don't make it our driving force and factor, the love that should define us in how we engage with each other, the love that defines and how we look to the world, how we're seen by the world, the compelling reality is that the power of our work robed in love has to be real. It can't be theoretical. It can't be abstract. It has to be concrete and lived out. You know why? Sadly, Because divisiveness is real and concrete. Racism is real and concrete. Classism and homophobia and misogyny are not abstractions. They are painfully real. And the callousness of those in leadership, we're reminded of again day in and day out by 140 plus characters, that it is real. And we can't face that with abstractions and metaphors but a power of love that speaks into changing not only how we are able to bear witness as a community, but how indeed the world feels our presence. Yes, divisiveness and racism and classism and misogyny and homophobia are not abstractions. They're painfully real. And I think sometimes we have to be mindful of the collective psychic damage. Our mouths just completed sadly and mournfully, shaping out the name of Jaqueline Cal Marquins, a young refugee girl who died in custody. And before we could even finish uttering that name in sorrow, now Felipe Gomez Alonso, eight years old, joins that sorrowful litany, met, by the way, with a callousness of a government that doesn't even try to have the pretense of showing care and concern for these who are vulnerable, these who look just like the Jesus who was born to Mary and Joseph. So it's real. I think that psychic damage manifests itself in ways, yes, in these sorrowful and mournful ways, and I think it even explains why. I don't know about you, but, but my heart was wrenched watching something that maybe in other people's estimations might have seemed mundane, but seeing a young teenage boy standing on the edge of a wrestling mat, having his hair cut because a referee decided that, that, that his manifestation, his personhood, his being wasn't, wasn't adequate or wasn't worthy enough to be in that moment. His, his, if you will, his black body did not matter. And it cut to my very quick, because I was seeing not something as, as, again, as mundane as some wrestler or athlete's hair being cut, but I saw somebody being marginalized with a callousness that sadly reflects so much of what goes on in our society. So I say all of that to say, We live in a context where our love can't be metaphor, our love can't be abstract, it must be real, it must show itself. In the way we treat one another in community, in the way we make our presence known in the world, we've got to move from theory to reality. That love is what sustains our work and our witness in the world and what binds us together. Like with those couples that I would talk with, I'd say to them, yes, love with adjectives is beautiful, but love with verbs is essential. Understand this morning, we're called to a love that is hanging, that's dripping with verbs, that's dripping with our action and our presence and our witness in the world. We can't wait. We've got to do, as Paul says, to put on the the garishly loud clothing of love. Now, I don't have a collection, or actually even one ugly Christmas sweater, But I'm kind of glad that that it's its own meme and it's kind of taken on its its own life. And there are places and times in the course of the holiday season where where part of the celebration is finding the ugliest Christmas sweater that you can. And there are some ugly Christmas sweaters out there. (laughs) But maybe in that spirit, in that light, we ought to understand how can we robe ourselves in love so that we cannot be mistaken for anything else but then the reflection of God's love in our lives and in the world by what we do, by how we speak to one another, by how we bear witness in the world. Love indeed has to be real. It's wonderful that Paul winds this portion up talking about singing, singing songs, singing spiritual songs, singing hymns. And I think what he's saying there is, is something that's universally understood. And, you know, I don't, I don't read music, but I'd be willing to bet that looking at a page, a score of, of, of any celebrated musician, whether it's Coltrane or Tchaikovsky, would, would be impressive to see the clefts and the treble clefts and the staves and the, all of those other things. And I better stop while I'm ahead because I don't want to embarrass myself. But that's impressive because indeed it shows the creative power and ability of the composer. But you and I both know that that music does not take on life until it is released. Till it's let go so that it can be experienced by those around. Even, even to the point where, where, where individuals who are hearing impaired oftentimes go to those places where, where they make sure that the, that the, uh, the speakers are, are such situated so that the reverberations... Other music can even speak into their beings as well. Until it takes on a reality that speaks into our hearts, into our lives, until then it's largely theory. And in the same way, we can't just talk love. We must be love. Fully, gloriously, loudly, and completely. So, Yes. We are in the midst of Christmas tide. And our liturgical calendar will have us to celebrate the Christmas season, if you will, until the, the time of Epiphany. But we know that, yes, this joyous season as, as it is manifested will we'll draw to a close and the new year will unfold. So let's get ready. Let's get ready to to continue to step into the newness of a new year and into the continuation of our lives wearing that which causes us to stand out, to stick out, to be an exemplification of God's love, how it has shaped us and how it can affect the world. The great theologian and mystic Howard Thurman gave us some wonderful instructions for what to do when this Christmas tide moment passes. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins, to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among all, to make music in the heart. Put on your bright robes of love, amen. (laughs)
0: Thank you, Dion. Good morning, family. Um, My name is Darren Major, and I have the amazing honor of being one of your elders here at Middle Collegiate. Um, And Jackie asked me just to share why it is that I've decided this is my home for um, the past 13-ish years. Um, And it brought me back to um, a scripture that I um, think about constantly, uh, pretty much, neither do men put new wine into old bottles else the bottles break and the wine runneth out and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles and both are preserved. I think that in my mind, that's what middle is at the core of. Middle is always about between the then and now with us laser focused on what will be. I came here 12 years ago with set ideas of what church was. That was a lovely white man in a robe a white Jesus, and we had church, had some chicken, and then went out into the world, prepared for another week of ups and downs. And I found out that God is calling us to do much more than just show up in this building. We're empowered here to go out and about and make sure that black lives matter and the bodies of trans people make it home safely and that homophobia is not a thing. And a woman is amazing, whether she's somebody's mother, sister, or otherwise. And these are the things that Middle has poured into me. so I, I encourage you, as you think about what it is that drives you, what wakes you up in the morning, what shakes you when you read the news cycle of all the horrible things that are spewed across Twitter and CNN and MSNBC and all those channels, all the ills of the world we're talking about here at Middle. Our pastor went down to the border to shake hands with refugees. It's not just lip service. We're putting our feet to the ground. We're making sandwiches in the back to make sure that everybody has a meal to eat during this holiday season, As people are going through loss and grief, be trust and believe, middle collegiate church walks with people in phenomenal ways, ways that are unspoken, ways that are endearing, ways that are earnest and true. So as you look this morning, as the ushers getting ready to collect the um, tithes, think about what time, talent, and treasure you have to give to this amazing house. Believe me, it'll come back to you pressed down, shaken up, and running over. This is a place of greatness, not because of who they are, but because of who's inside the building. Ushers? Thank you.
2: Of the pine, you know what I mean. Oh, freedom is mine, and I know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life.
0: God who slides into our spiritual DMs and gives us blessings above and beyond all we can think. We thank you, God, for the gifts that people have given. We thank you for the folks that will give all of their time and talent. God, may you press down, shake this up, and have it running over that more people are fed, more ministries are funded, and more of your kingdom is seen real. All these things we ask in your phenomenal names. Amen. Amen. Amen.
4: For just a second. If you had a good time in church this morning, somebody ought to say amen. 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 We thank God for all those who have been with us via uh, the internet, and we want to let you know we are delighted that you're here. We're also excited that all of you made it a point to take Natalie's instructions and link into our social media so we look for that wonderful network of relationships to continue to expand. And the fact that uh, Darren made it such a wonderful point of talking to you about uh, th- this amazing movement that is Middle Church. If there's anyone here who wants to talk further about being a part of that movement, Darren's going to be up here at the end of the service, so you can just come right on up here and have a conversation around what it means to indeed be a part of this movement where it is all about love, period. Amen. Well. I don't know what you've got specifically under your tree over the course of these last several days, but I do know what you've got. You've got some new clothes to wear. You've got the raiment of joy and love. You've got the, the brightly glowing measure of God's presence that you are called upon to share with the world. So my mandate, if you will, to all of you this day is to wear your new clothes brightly. Step into this world boldly, love deeply, and go forth because the world needs to see the light and love that God is so eager to share with all. Go forth now to love and serve one another and the God who loves us all. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. God bless you.